Welcome to the Produce Industry Podcast, your weekly download on current events, trends, market reports, and community discussions. Join us each week from Tampa, Florida, as we cover all aspects of the produce supply chain industry. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your host, Patrick Kelly. Welcome back to the Produce Industry Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Kelly. As always, I'm honored to be here broadcasting from Tampa, Florida. Today, we have four CEOs on the line throughout the USA. Who are they? Well, let's get into it. Devin Riley of Custom Pro Logistics, Christopher Kelly of Central Coast Pure Processing, Michael Chavez of Flavor Wave LLC, and Brent Aaronwert of Brothers Produce and Houston Cold Storage. We are going to chat about logistics, some fuel surcharges, grower and packing. Let's not forget about labor as well as tons of opportunities that are there if you get creative in your workspace. So without further ado, let's dive deep into our panel of CEOs today. What in the world of produce is what I call this. So on the line right now, we've got five industry leaders in a certain category, right? Within our industry, we're going to start with Devin Riley, we have Chris Kelly, Michael Chavez, and Brent Aaronwert. Uh, so what's up, De- Devin? Uh, how are you doing today, man? Just want to say how's it going and what's the, what's going on in your world, dude? Hey, what's up, Pat? Um, so first of all, thanks for having me on this uh, first time kind of doing this format. So I'm kind of excited to see how it turns out for you guys and hopefully can uh, add some value and add to the conversation. Um, like you mentioned, I'm, I'm a freight broker, uh, Custom Pro Logistics. We're, we're, we started in 2013, and uh, we're, we're headquartered in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, you know, we primarily move a lot of produce, fresh and frozen foods, and uh, that's really kind of the niche market that we're, we're focused on. And obviously, you know, being part of this podcast, we can uh, kind of elaborate how we fit into the whole produce world. Yeah, for sure. Chris, Chris, give me a little 30 seconds of you. What's going on with you? Well, I am uh, pretty candid, as anybody would say, so I'm going to be blunt. I handle all the juice or coals that a lot of uh, California, Florida, um, you know, other uh, countries' coals that can't sell to fresh uh, to the grocery stores. So I get all the dirty stuff and try to make the best out of it. Even though it's ugly on the outside, still good on the inside, baby. Well, Brent. So I'm from the H in the bottom of the map, Houston. And um, yeah, I'm out here. As we know, the box things become popular. Me and Patrick talk a lot, so I'm just you know glad to share my thoughts on some of this chaos that's going on right now. Yeah, for sure. Big MC Mikey, what's up, man? What about you? Yo, what's up? Um, now, just at the office, another day out here in the beautiful California Central Valley, packing away and uh, counting out my employees. This uh, this COVID chaos is, you know, taking a bit of a hit on our uh, workforce. But um, you know, as we keep continuing into this week, I think everyone's pretty comfortable uh, and uh, showing up to work and filling orders and getting food out the door. Yeah, for sure. So let, let's go beyond that because, like I said, we all talk on a, on a normal, regular basis of what's happening in work. But, Mike, you made a comment to me the other day, and you were like, dude, what's everybody doing out of work? Because there's so many people that are not doing, I would say, anything, right? They're, they're at home. I mean, people that – Chris even said it to me. He's like, there's probably some people that are at home right now that are saying to themselves, 
this is not work. What am I doing? Right? So it's like, and then you got everything from, like I said, we talked about this earlier. What's everybody doing? What's everybody watching? What are the trends that are happening? Someone made a comment to me and said, in the next five years, it's going to be interesting to see the businesses that are created from this pandemic. Yeah, I agree, Pat. Like we talked about, you know, and last week we did our formal interview, I like to call it. But uh, more than anything, I go, you know what? This, uh, this pandemic has spurred so much uh, change in our lives. And really, I mean, I know we talked about produce, but, you know, we also talked candidly about Tiger King. What's Netflix? You know, what, what are people watching on uh, Disney Plus? You know, what are we doing for entertainment? And I mean, either way, I was like, dude, you got to open this podcast up. Maybe a little more Joe Rogan style, like we had discussed, you know, and just pick each other's brains and talk about, you know, some of the lighter stuff, not just the stress that we're going through with our work, transitioning or pivoting. Um, so I don't know, man, what are you guys doing for entertainment aside from work? Yeah, who wants to open it up? Devin, Chris? Man, I'll, I'll open it up. You know, we talk about Tiger King. You know, I think I became boxing here lately. I tried to figure out a way to evolve this box model. I'm not parking trucks on the corner. I'm selling, you know, like I said, I sold 2,000 boxes today. I fertilized the co-op model. And uh, me and Patrick about to take this model coast to coast. Got a lot of athletes on board on this deal. And I think we're about to see a whole new box model evolve out of this pandemic that we've gone through because I think you're going to see a big trend shift to back to the co-ops and how people can value buy produce right now. And um, I think there's going to be a lot of markets that really spurn out of this time that we're going through. And it's about who can evolve and pivot the fastest because there's no right or wrong and there's no manual on this. It's just about who can move the fastest and who's got the team behind them to execute the moves. You know what, Brent? I'm going to jump in though too. But I also think that as I've seen on, uh, on LinkedIn is there's a bunch of like, ready? All these pop-up like companies that are starting and as we talk, a lot of them are doing it to try and gain revenue because they don't have anything today. Uh, Chris, now Chris is in the, the coal world. And here's what's interesting, Chris. Did you see that the new USDA um, post came out today that now retailers are opened up all grades? So retailers are now, before they had very strict guidelines, retailers are opened up to using almost all grades in the stores. What's that, what's that going to yeah. do? Yeah, um, the funny thing is, it just got released today, but it's been happening for over 30 days. Uh, <laughs> 30 days? Years, Chris? Years? Well, yeah, but you don't see much juice in the grocery world. Um, but, I mean, you will see a standard grade here and there, depending on, you know, if it's if it's a local out here in my uh, county, it's Best Buy Market. Uh, I can't recall uh, the ones back in Florida, but you know, those smaller mom and pops, they've been getting away with it for years. Um, but now the bigger guys are in on it too. Oh wait, we, we need more. There's more demand for a fresh piece of citrus. So yeah, guess what? We're going to buy that stuff we normally throw to the trash because it's ugly on the outside, but it's still good on the inside. So, yeah. um, and, and to track back a little bit um, on the COVID deal and how, I think employees, I, I was telling uh, PK the other day, I might've been speaking with Mike, you know, I, I can't keep track anymore because every day is the same day. Uh, but, you know, a lot of these people are going to thrive working at home, whether it be produce or whatever industry it may be. And it's going to open up the doors and they're going to go, oh, wait a minute. I, I, I could actually get more done on my own schedule versus 
I have to be here at 9 a.m. for this meeting, here at 10 p.m. for this meeting, you know, whatever it may be. Um, and then there's going to be other ones that aren't going to be able to control it. I mean, and honestly, I mean, tell the truth, guys. How many times have all of a sudden you've had a slow day and you went, oh, that bottle of Crown looks pretty good over there. What time is it? <laughs> Fuck, 10 a.m. That's today, man. <laughs> not, really, not really a slow day. And he's driving. So where, where is the, the crowd somewhere? <laughs> no, it is. It's so true. And, you know, this is a perfect pivot to Devin because Devin's in logistics and all of us. Now, don't get me wrong, Brent's a little bit of logistics because of Wholesaler and the, and the cold storage he has. But then this pivots right to logistics because think about all the things that are happening and all the orders that happened over three, four week period because now more fruit is going in and now they're releasing it to more people. Devin, how is it uh, logistics affecting all this right now? Not just citrus. Now you do have a couple citrus yeah. on the phone, but not just citrus. We're talking everything right now. Yeah, I mean, I'll just kind of give you like a broad overview of the the market and kind of you know where we were and where we're at now. And how so, typing plays into this. Yeah, exactly. Carol Baskin somehow. <laughs> she did uh, it. <laughs> Hold on, everybody, show hands. Who thinks Carol Baskin killed her husband? Come on, one. I think two. I think Jeff did it. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff did it. R.I.P. Travis. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Lowe. All right, Devin, go back, man. Go ahead. Yeah. So, uh, you know, 2018. I mean, I'm bringing it way back to 2018 when there was new regulations coming in place. You had the ELDs, which I'm sure everyone knows what that is at this point. Uh, you had a hurricane kind of at the end of the third quarter, fourth quarter. And that was kind of like the perfect storm for the market, the truck market that is, uh, where capacity got really tight and, you know, the economy was booming. Um, unemployment was, you know, trickling down and, and GDP was up. So, um, you know, there was a lot of demand for freight. And as a result, 2018, you saw probably, a, you know, roughly a 20% increase in just freight rates. Um, so that wasn't a standard year. That was that was kind of a outlier, if you will. And um, 2019 came around, and and things kind of normalized a little bit. There's obviously always things that kind of impact the market. There's the tariff stuff that was going on with China, and uh, people were importing goods quicker than normal to kind of beat tariffs, or, or kind of afraid that they were gonna their costs were gonna go up. So there was a lot of pent up demand in the ports. Um, but really from a volume perspective, 19 wasn't really a whole whole lot more uh, than 18, but there was just a whole lot more capacity, truck capacity in the market. Um, and as a result, you know, when, when, when there's more, more supply than demand, obviously freight rates go down and, and that's kind of what we saw in 19. And, and sort of normalized and, um, you know, kind of carrying that into 2020, it really was kind of a soft market to begin with. Like you didn't have you, the volumes were there, but the capacity was in the market. There was a lot of trucks. People were, people bought trucks in 18. So they had new trucks that were coming into the market and they had, uh, you know, new drivers. So rates kind of were relatively flat, if not down year over year from 19 to 20. And that kind of brings us into present day and, and this COVID stuff. And it's, uh, 
it's been a complete shock to the market really uh you know when you shut down 60 percent of your shippers or, or you shut down food service you know you're taking out a really big chunk of the market that that demand uh isn't there anymore so what we saw was kind of a, a spike uh maybe about three weeks ago when i think you know right when they were i think when the, the governor of uh, california did the stay-at-home order and that was that kind of was like the, the spike in which it seemed like all the retail businesses were playing catch-up they were uh they were putting in as much orders as they could and they were just trying to keep up with the demand. Um, but at that same time, the food service businesses were, were just starting to realize that they had no idea how this, uh, this pandemic was gonna impact their business. So they obviously they had to shut it down. And you know, when, when you shut down that many restaurants and food service companies, you're taking out a whole, whole fraction of the market and that's, you know, that's where we're at today. And, and now the rates are, have just dropped. Uh, they call it the, the freight cliff, really. Um, so you still got the, the demand from the retail side, but, uh, but you're just not seeing it other way, other places. And especially with, um, you know, if you're not moving cleaning supplies, or you're not moving uh, medical equipment or fresh and frozen foods, you're just, you're just not moving what you were in 19. So it's, it's really been a, a, a volatile kind of market, but um, you know, it, it doesn't look real, real good for the carriers. I would say that. In regards to the freight, um, most your trucks um, are diesel, uh, I'm assuming. So um, what I started noticing, if I'm out on the highway, clearly gas prices are higher than normal. And then now it seems to me out here in California, clearly I haven't been able to travel as much as I usually do, but now I'm starting to see like it's more. So in town, you know, in between, let's say my small little area of Visalia, you know, and uh, Mike's little area of Woodlake, we got, you know, little smaller connecting towns with inside that. So given all that, it goes from three dollars and 33 cents a gallon for diesel to 179 isn't that a little goofy i mean isn't that a big jump even so where are you saying it's jumping from like in like bigger cities versus kind of central valley is that what you're saying or where are you seeing that jump well just like from you know because i mean without the carriers uh that's be blunt here so if you guys stop no one's going to get anything no one's going to get their groceries no one's going to get their citrus no one's going to get their milk you know no one's going to get anything so to me i would see uh i would hope the opposite would happen so when you're out traveling and you're on the highways those gas stations know okay these people are traveling they're going to pay higher uh when you're in town um, you know, clearly you're going to get the one right near the entrance. It's going to be higher versus the one in town that's going to be lower. So I was wondering, since, you know, everybody's relying on freight and relying on trucking, if it's going to start to kind of switch. And, you know, since no one's really driving that much personally, shouldn't the prices of gas be, or fuel, we'll say, because diesel, gas, whatever, 
I feel like it should be dropping more around the highways and more around the transportation and, and your neck of the woods to help support you guys and to help support feeding the economy. Yeah. I mean, so I'm not a, an expert on, on uh, fuel or, or gas, but I do know a little bit about it and just cause it, how it plays into trucking. But um, you know, I'm sure you guys have seen throughout the world, there, there's uh there's kind of some global economic things going on with OPEC and, and uh, some things going on with American uh, oil production companies. And, and they've been trying to flood the market with supply of oil. And, and I think two weeks ago, a barrel of oil was down to $20 a barrel. And they were, you know, I was seeing that people were, were saying that a barrel of oil is cheaper than like a six pack of craft beer. And like, you know, that's insanity. Uh, and so that's well, like, not normal. Well, like fuel, fuel surcharge. What's that? You know what I mean? Like, are you guys, like, so, you know, everybody, not everybody, but most of you are hearing out there is, oh, price of gas is coming down. Price of fuel is coming down. Everything's coming down. Is that really? Yeah. So, I mean, fuel surcharges with your shippers, your bigger shippers, those are all kind of contingent on the average. Uh, there, there's usually like a U.S. Or a, a U.S. fuel uh, DOT chart that they put out every week, and it, it tells you the price of the fuel for diesel uh, depending on what part of the country you're in. So California is always more expensive. You, you go to you know Texas, it's probably like yeah. You go to Brent's World or Florida over here. I mean, it's it's. I mean, it's almost near a dollar twenty seven. Dollar dollar thirty nine. Dollar thirty nine down here. Yeah. Yeah. For 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 gas or diesel. For gas, diesel, diesel over diesel, here is like two seven. Diesel's a little more. Yeah, diesel's a little more, but uh, there's just no demand for the thing. And one thing about gas is. Honestly, it's always an empl- it's always a pass through, no matter to the customer, because if the customer feels high pressure at the pump, they don't they don't have an issue with paying any kind of surcharge on the invoice or not on the invoice, but within their freight. So, a high high fuel really doesn't affect my end of the industry. It didn't in like two thousand nine yeah. and ten, and it doesn't now. No, and you're delivering by you're in box trucks. I mean, I saw your warehouse. You got your own box trucks yeah. and everything. Do you charge people the fuel surcharge and all that when you're billing? They them? don't. They won't. They won't take a fuel surcharge. They'd rather it be built in 27 times into their price than take a fuel surcharge on the invoice. Oh, makes that makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah they'd rather yeah. instead of see a three dollar fuel surcharge, they'd rather see it, you know, 47 times, you know, on every single item. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I Perception was more. I was reality. Yeah, I was more interested to see, you know, because we should be stimulating the economy. You know, the truckers, everybody's out there. They're making, you know, and, and I'm not knocking that they're not, but they're making a, good, a, a deal about there that, you know, hey, these guys are the ones out there. These guys are the ones on the front line. These guys are the ones delivering the fruit. These guys are this. Prices are dropping. Boom, 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 boom. And maybe it is probably just uh, liberal California. But um, I, I just feel like I haven't hey, don't seen use that it, you know? Oh, oh, shit, sorry. <laughs> We're going to bring up Austin and a, and a sore subject. There's nothing wrong with Austin or San Francisco or Seattle. Come on. 
<laughs> but well, no, but, no, but no, seriously, Chris, though, I mean, I mean, I'm sitting here looking like, hey, Devin's working his ass off over there. Mike's working his ass off trying to ship fruit and get it to where the demand is. And then you're sitting there, oh, hey, Blow Joe, who wants to go run around and go sightseeing, gets uh, you know a dollar twenty-six. But the trucker, you know, working his over his hours, running the fruit, running the fruit, running the milk, running the hoarding toilet paper to all these freaks out there. He's paying extra. That just seems goofy to me. Yeah, it does seem goofy. Well, what, I mean, and Mike, we haven't heard much from you because we're talking transportation. But what I mean, what about your world down there? I mean, you're packing and skipping citrus every day. Um, guys like Brent are you know, storing the citrus for like the big retailers and the big box stores. Um, what, what are you seeing down in your neck of the woods? Uh, any effects, any, any changes between your customers telling you prices or fuel or anything going crazy or is it kind of status quo? Well, what's interesting is this morning I had a couple calls with some retail accounts that we got and we were discussing labor. So Monday, right after this Easter holiday was the first day that I had any employees stay home because they were either scared or worried about their health. We're taking all precautions here. We have since, you know, the beginning of this, uh, of this uh, COVID situation, but um, now we're running into, you're having employees stay home and it might be driven by fear. And a couple of them did say, hey, have asthma, you know, obviously any respiratory conditions, we have to be extra cautious. But there's also another unspoken factor so far. And that's what I was discussing with my retailers about was we may need to do a uh, temporary pay increase, which we've already done, you know, the first leg of it where we've increased, you know, the pay rate for each hourly employee. But we're going to have to do a second leg of this because we're going to have to make this um, make this work financially for these employees because the uh, newest legislation that okay, you can take your paid family leave, you know, and you have to apply for it and you have to qualify. Um, unemployment, you know, if uh, you're out of work for uh, or, uh, any reason having to do with this uh, virus. But then now there's also some, I don't know exactly, and I'm trying to do my math here today and do my research that are, that are looking at um, how much they can make sitting at home. So now it puts it on an employer like me to figure out what's the number, what's the magic number to keep them showing up to work. Not only feeling safe, but also financially, because if they can sit at home and make more, more money um, than what they can make coming into work, there's no benefit of them coming into, coming into work. Obviously, that's going to be a, an added cost that we're going to have to pass on to the retailer. They're going to have to pass on to the end customer. So, you know, this morning, that, uh, that was what uh, I was discussing. And uh, we've got to get, obviously, with the, uh, the uh, labor department and see, you know, what, uh, what's going on as well as the EDD. So it creates a, a, a different kind of, uh, of problem. And I feel like every day we're, we're having to figure out new problems on top of pivoting our business structure. So it's uh, just it's a bunch of challenges, man. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if you guys are seeing that out of the state at all. I know, Brent, you know, You've probably got a bunch of employees. I don't, I don't know how uh, you're seeing it affect your business, if at all. Well, one thing, like what Michael said about the employees, you, know, you just got to get creative in all this. And there's no manual for what we're going through. Um, I've done some crazy stuff. I, 10 days or 14 days ago, I never delivered to one house. I did almost 1,000 orders last week, um, doing a couple hundred tomorrow. The, uh, I'm keeping all our employees, you know, employed 
the best we can, trying to keep the hours moving, the supply chain moving, because one thing that people notice is when they see the supply chain stop, they panic and they freak. It's what happened with toilet paper and some of these other items. So you can't let the supply chain stop, no matter if it's stuck at the uh, pantry level of the food banks or wherever it is, we can't show that it stopped because that creates paranoia. But there's a lot of opportunities that are going to come out of this. Um, you know, I always say the best companies in the world, they don't die because they did something wrong. They died because they didn't evolve. Blockbuster had every opportunity in the world to evolve, but they didn't. And it doesn't matter when you show up to the party as long as you're the best dressed. So I think the time now is to be different, you know, be that horse of a different color and do something that makes a difference and create a model that it's not just to survive and sustain, but it's something that's actually sustain sustainable when we come through this. And that's why I've thrown a lot of different models at the wall because I'm hoping that some of these stick whenever we get out of it. Because I anticipate that 25% of the restaurants, they're not going to reopen. And I also anticipate that the retail sales are going to be down because people are going to be afraid to touch the produce. And I think that people are going to have to change their packaging and change certain things and stand out in that produce section in order to get people to buy them. I agree. I agree. Devin, what about you? You know, opportunities-wise in, in transportation, it's the last three, you know, four or five years, there's been a lot of technology come into the space. And transportation's a, a really, really big market. It's, you know, it's in the United States, I think, close to $800 billion when you include the contract transportation along with the spot um, broker transportation. So it's, it's this vast, humongous market that, you know, in 2018, a lot of, a lot of people were, were investing in it, trying to, trying to disrupt that market. Um, but the reality is, you know, it's picking up something here and delivering it there. And, and it's, it's not an overly complicated business to, per se, um, but I certainly, see in the future things are going to continue to keep evolving and technology is going to be a big big piece of that and it's really going to you know everyone's going to get to the point where they're expecting visibility and and kind of that amazon effect where you know they know where that truck is at in real time and when it's going to deliver there and and we're going to get to a point where that that probably is the norm but um it's just you know a very large fragmented market just takes time yeah my buddy owns a blockchain technology company that's working on more things like that as well uh chris what about you what are you seeing here in the future in the next couple of days or weeks or what you're thinking and any opportunities you see out there um yeah i mean there's always opportunity uh depending on how you approach it uh, i think a lot of people as we said earlier are going to approach it uh one way from the work from home attitude and some people are, you know, going to take it the other way and it's going to negatively affect them. Um, on the juice end, um, at this point, supply pretty much is exceeding demand. Uh, there is demand for juice. Everyone's starting to realize that vitamin C is healthy. Um, you know, it just is what it is. You know, people decide uh, that social media or the media in general says, uh, vitamin C and some warm water, you know, can knock the COVID out. And all of a sudden, everybody really, really likes screwdrivers. So, um, you know, I, I, there's there's opportunity there. Um, I think it's it, it's time that uh, the actual market conditions set in. I don't know if 
you know, you're following me on that. Uh, PK used to, you used to follow uh, FCOJ and, and other juice markets pretty closely back in the days. You probably still do. And uh, we, we see where real prices are and we see where, you know, customers are potentially paying it sometimes, you know, you're not knocking people. It is what it is. Some people have high overhead. Some people have lower overhead, but uh, I think it's going to open up a lot of transparency because people are going to be communicating in different ways than they used to. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, it gives a good overview. Each of you, I mean, starting with Mike kind of gave what's happening and what, where they're going um, and opportunities that are going to be moving forward. So I, I just want to say thanks for everybody on the call today that was able to get on and reach out. I think that we need to have more of these calls just to talk about things that are happening in the industry. Um, and I know a lot of us talk, communicate each already. Um, but I think that between this a new network and new groups that there will be more opportunities to come if we unite and work together. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Patrick. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for joining the Produce Industry Podcast, everyone. I am honored to be your host, and it was awesome with the four CEOs that we had on the line today. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Produce Industry Podcast. You've been listening to the Produce Industry Podcast with Patrick Kelly. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor to get new, fresh weekly episodes. For more, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Produce Industry Podcast. Until next time, see you in the fields or on the horizon. Horizon.